work. It's just, um, you know, it's not about like how to or what the part of the critic. It's just being in touch with the process of doing this today and um, looking at what I wrote down face to face and the um, space around the grief and how sad part of me is and just being with that sadness um, and recognizing that you know there is it's not new to see some of those parts of how I thought um, written down but it is it's sad it's very mm-hmm. sad yeah <laughs> it's sad and yeah. um, so it's good to feel the sadness and then imagining, you know, the forthcoming time of being in touch with that more at home or in the weeks to come. And I appreciated you describing, um, you know, the slowing down and the soothing with that so that something else can arise. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's just commenting on the process because it feels hard and mm-hmm. very intense. Yeah. Um, and I also feel very, very grief-stricken about all the San Bernardino and, you know, the places in our world. Mm-hmm. So um, it's not just about me and my little critic, but it's these really big, hard mm-hmm. points of view that um, are overwhelming. Yeah. Is yeah. it okay I spoke to that? Yeah, of course. Yeah, no, it is sad. You know, it's sad to think about how long we've carried these voices around, these beliefs that have, you know, impacted our well-being, right? And um, and it's it's actually healthy to feel the sadness because because we're it means we're coming into our heart, and it means we're feeling the impact. And the more we feel the impact, the less impetus or fuel we have to keep supporting those thoughts and views. I appreciate that. Yes, that's where, that's where the compassion comes from. So, um, And also just to respect on some level, you know, whenever these generated their place, as many of us have spoken, that there was a kind of protection mm-hmm. from them, or they gave something that was necessary on some level, and now they're not necessary. Mm-hmm. In right. fact, they're not welcome. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. So you know, and I and I, I have a lot of respect for defenses in, in 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 human beings, and so we can you know we can look to the critic and say, thank you for taking care of me. Thank you for doing what you did early on in in you know helping me navigate, and we're no longer needing your services. Thank you very much. You know, so it's sort of respect, honoring, and then like you know, but this is not so helpful. And just as you would to a friend, like this is not so helpful the way you attack me like that. Not so, not so, not so good. Um, yeah, Stephen Levine used to speak a lot to how something served us for a while mm-hmm. to express that gratitude. Yeah. And then it's no longer serving us, and that you know it's not so easy to move from that always right. into the next unknown. Place. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So no, it's true. I, and and um, we want to be, 
you know, we can be, when we're in this place of heartfulness, then when the critic is doing its thing, it's like, you know, Sylvia Boston does this very well, I can't do it quite as well as that. She's, she says, oh honey, you're startled, it's okay. <laughs> so f- when we meet, when we, uh, our compassion is available and we, see, we hear those voices like, honey, just relax, it's, it's okay, you don't need to be like that. It's not so helpful, you know. So, you know, we can find that kind of voice too, you know. We don't have to always be, you know, you know, th- there's a place for the strong fierceness and then there's like, you know, I just, that's not so useful. And we do that from a place of quiet strength. We do that from a place of, um, you know, heartful, in, in, integrated place. So we don't actually need to be fierce because it's just like, mm, you know, not true, not helpful, not useful. Yeah. So let's do a little practice to close. So I want to read this poem. Thanks, Olga. Um... from Derek Walcott, which is a lovely poem about coming home to ourselves. Some of you will know quite well, it's called Love After Love. The time will come when with elation you will greet yourself arriving at your own door, in your own mirror, and each will smile at the other's welcome and say, sit here, Eat. You will love again the stranger who was yourself. Give wine, give bread, give back your heart to itself, to the stranger who has loved you all your life, whom you have ignored for another, who knows you by heart. Take down the love letters from the bookshelf, the photographs, the desperate notes. Peel your own image from the mirror. Sit and feast on your life. The time will come when with elation you will greet yourself arriving at your own door in your own mirror and each will smile at the other's welcome and say, sit here. So, turning our attention inwards. Again, feeling your heart Feeling your heart center. Maybe imagining yourself as a young child, an infant. I just had a friend come with a three-week-old baby. Some of you saw her in here. Very tender and beautiful. Presence-filled vulnerable. So imagine yourself like that. We all came into this world beautiful, whole, vulnerable, sweet human being. Every one of us. So feeling into that, the innocence of your nature, your goodness, 
Each baby comes into this world with a sense of goodness. Feeling that inside, that you also have within you that innate goodness, the fact that you're here wanting to learn, wanting to grow, wanting to heal, wanting to be a more fuller human being, an expression of your goodness. Take a moment to reflect on some good qualities that arise out of that goodness. Things that you do, things that you say that express your good nature. In simple ways you hold a door open, you send a kind email, you call a friend who is upset, you hold a loved one who is distressed. You share some resources with those in need. In many ways that we express our kindness, our goodness. So just take a moment to reflect about those qualities. And then also calling to mind ways that you have suffered in your life, particularly in relationship to the critic, particularly those younger parts of us that are more vulnerable, needy, alone, scared, longing, empty. We all have some places in us that are hard to be with, hard to love, hard to open to, emptiness, deficiency, loneliness. And again, imagining yourself as a young person, can you hold yourself with love, with kindness, with care? Rumi says, don't turn your eyes away. Keep your eyes on the bandage places because that's where the light enters you. But we first have to enter the bandage places, the sore, tender, sometimes wounded places of our being. 
holding, feeling, sensing, touching them with kindness. choose to place a hand on your heart as an expression. When we do that, our body registers a sense of care, soothes the nervous system. And we may express our care, our tenderness in words, the words of compassion. I care about you. I care for the pain that you've been through. May I, may you be free of pain and suffering. May I be free from the wounds that I carry. May I hold myself in these tender, painful places with kindness, with love, with friendliness. And also as part of opening the heart to ourselves, sometimes we need to ask for forgiveness or to offer forgiveness for all the ways that we've been cruel or harsh or hard on ourselves. And without any fault of our own, we've learned, we've grown up at times being hard and cruel. So can we offer forgiveness to ourselves for the harshness, taking ourselves back into our own arms letting ourselves back into our own hearts. May I love and accept myself just as I am. May I love and accept myself just as I am.
Some words from John Donahue who says, The beauty that emerges from woundedness is a beauty infused with feeling, a beauty different from the beauty of landscape. This is a beauty that has suffered its way through the ache of desolation until the words or music emerged to equal the hunger and desperation at its heart. It must also be said that not all woundedness succeeds in finding its way through to the beauty of form. Most woundedness remains hidden, lost inside, forgotten silence. Indeed, in every life there is some wound that continues to weep secretly, even after years of attempted healing. Where woundedness can be refined into beauty, a wonderful transfiguration takes place. Extending this kind-heartedness to ourselves. As the Hopi elders say, we are the ones we've been waiting for. And we come home to ourselves to cease abandoning ourselves, hold ourselves with loving compassion. A couple of uh, readings to share with you before we close. So one is, uh, this is some words from Byron Katie, who um, in her book, Thousand Names for Joy, something like that. It's a wonderful book. It's a commentary on the Tao Te Ching. She says, I'm happy to be the 63-year-old woman I love that I weigh 160 pounds. I love that I'm not any smarter than I am. I love that my skin is getting wrinkled and loose. I love that some mornings I'm almost blind and there's just a haze of a world and I can barely see where I'm going. I love where my hands have been put. I love how I am breathed and positioned and angled. And on she goes. This a love letter to herself. So can we bring that same quality of love, right? Not so easy, take some work. However we are, wherever we are in our body, in our mind, in our life. So this is a story, it's one of my favorite stories of um, uh, uh, really it's a self-compassion, which is really what all of this practice today is, is a practice of self-compassion. It's called Two More Isles. So a man is uh, in the grocery store and he's observing a woman 
uh, with a three-year-old in the in the shopping cart, and uh, as the, the, the as the woman the child passes the cookie section, the man notices that the girl, of course, asks for cookies, and when told no, she immediately begins to whine and fuss, and the mother says quietly. Now, Monica, we just have half of the aisles left to go through. Don't be upset. It won't be long, and we'll be getting out. Soon they came to the candy aisle, and the little girl began to shout for candy. When told she wasn't going to have any candy, well, she began to cry and fuss, and the mother said, There, there, Monica, don't cry. Only two more aisles to go, and then we can leave. When they get to the checkout stand, the little girl of course, immediately began to clamor for gum and burst into a terrible tantrum when discovered that there'd be no gum purchased. The mother patiently said, Monica, we'll be through this checkout stand in five minutes and then you can go home and we can have a nice nap. The man followed her out into the parking lot and stopped to compliment her and said, I couldn't help noticing how patient you were with little Monica, he began, whereupon the mother said, what do you mean? My little girl's name is Tammy. I'm Monica. So, this is self-compassion at work, right? Where we, you know, meeting the difficult conditions of the moment, right? Shopping with a young one is not easy. And, you know, instead of the judgment, the criticism, we're just patient, steady, kind, right? Always possible. So, um, so this was a whistle-stop tour of uh, some some facets of working with the critic. Um, and I hope it was helpful. As I said, it is recorded. You can listen to these various talks and various guided meditations uh, on Dharma Seeds. Um, the book that I used to draw so much of my work from um, is called, uh, it's called Soul Without Shame by Byron Brown, who's from the Diamond Approach work. And uh, it's a really great book on exploring some of these um, principles. And there's a host of other books now out about the critic. And as I say, mine will be coming out, but not for a while. Probably another year, next Christmas, hopefully. Um, So, um, yeah, mostly just want to say thank you for your practice. This is a somewhat confronting day, right? It's not every day you go somewhere and you write out your judgments and then you share it with somebody um, and ask someone to, 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 to say them back to you. Um, and like with anything, you know, this is a practice, right? So practice takes practice. And if this is somewhat new to you to either cultivate mindfulness or kindness or to turn that lens of awareness to the critic, then it will take time, right? Some of you less than others, but for most of us, it takes a long time to change that channel from self-judgment to self-kindness and self-forgiveness and self-acceptance. So, you know, play with the strategies. You know, think about, you know, you may have your own strategies. Um, Ideally, find someone to work with where you actually do this more, because I think there's nothing more effective than learning how to respond to a voice coming at you that's like your inner critic, but it's, it's, it's verbalized outside. And to just play with what works 
so that doesn't land so much. So you have some sense of resiliency to be able to thwart the, the painful landing of those judgments. So, you know, do the inquiry process. Um, you know, bring mindfulness to really clarifying when the judging thoughts are present or not. Yeah. And then the meta practice is very, it's as a, I can't stress what a powerful, for me particularly, but for many people, what a powerful antidote the loving kindness practice is to you know, begin creating neural pathways that are much more kind and uh, beneficent or compassionate. So, again, thank you for your attention, your practice. Thank you for your generosity supporting me. Um, I have some information on the back table. Um, those who have CEs, please remember to sign out. I have a lot of trainings uh, that I, I do. I lead teacher trainings. Um, so I'll just say a couple of minutes, things about my work. So um, I run mindfulness teacher trainings, that training people in these practices to deliver them in work settings and healthcare and whatnot. I run one every year or two in San Francisco, one starting next September. I have a, and I, I specialize in, in taking people out into nature in a very contemplative way. And I have a meditation and nature teacher training coming up next, starting next May. And there's information about those on the back table. And I have a, one of my favorite retreats of the year. I lead a, a kayaking and a meditation retreat in um, Baja, Mexico. And... Um, in March, and it's a very delicious way to just drop into the practices and to really explore a deep relationship to nature. So um, please check those out. I have a mailing list if you want information about my work. Uh, you're welcome to sign on my mailing list. And um, actually, I, should, I, forget, I keep forgetting to do this. I, um, I worked, and I'm working with a company called Will.com, which is now a very extensive online meditation platform. Um, where we, uh, I, I've, actually, I've actually got some meditations on there about the critic, um, and uh, I recorded about 90 different meditations. Um, it's a great resource for those who like the support of guided meditations. And um, so, if you if, if if you put your name on my mailing list, if, if is there a mailing list out there? Do I have a mail list? Yeah, then I can send you a link to getting a. a you can try that out for a month. It's a really wonderful uh, platform. So, um, and then you can find me through my websites, awakenthewild.com for my nature work, or the Mindfulness Institute for all my other mindfulness in the world. I do a lot of consulting in companies, and trainings, bringing these practices out. But uh, I hope this has been a useful day, and I look forward to seeing you again on the Dharma Trail. So thank you. And I'll stay behind if you have any questions, because I know I didn't get to everybody's questions. Thank you. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.